We are in Ephesians chapter 5, um, so if you've got a Bible and you'd like to turn there, um, go for it. The scripture will come up um, on the screen as well. Um, and as we keep on saying over and over again, we are in the kind of second half of the book of Ephesians. The first half, the Apostle Paul has been telling us about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about what he has done, about how he has won redemption and forgiveness of sin and reconciled us to God and to each other. And then the second half of the book of Ephesians is all really about how we live in light of what Jesus has done and how our relationships with each other, how we're to live worthy of the calling, etc., etc. And so today, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5, uh, verse 15 to 21. And I'm just going to read it, and we're going to focus on some very simple words today, and then I want to call us to respond um, with faith to what God wants to do. Verse 15, Ephesians 5. Look carefully, then, at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, I think we've spent as a family about six weeks out of eight weekends in isolation this year, so I don't feel like we've made the best use of the time in 2022. That actually really means here, seizing the moment. It's not just kind of like, you know, it's seize the moment. Seize the opportunities God puts in front of you to do good. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, or another translation would say that leads to reckless living. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence, for Christ. This passage is rich. There's lots of commands. There's lots of kind of ways that, that what the, the fruit of what happens when we're filled with the Spirit. But I want to focus on these very simple words today, unapologetically. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or as probably is a better translation of the original text, be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit, i.e. it's not just a one-time deal, done, dusted, been there, got the, got the t-shirt, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, no more need. It's to be a pattern and a way of life. It's to be a lifestyle rather than an event, if you like. It's to be something that is an ongoing process, day by day by day, be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And you notice here, the Apostle Paul isn't suggesting it as a good idea, it's actually a command. Be filled. It's a command of the Apostle Paul to say, come on, church, you, your need is to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm very aware, because I've sat through enough sermons in my life, to know that when you hear something that's very familiar, the kind of, oh, I've heard this one before, it goes on. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, how many sermons have we all heard on be filled with the Spirit? I can switch off on this one and just relax for the next 15 minutes. I'm very aware of that because familiarity at one level kind of just breeds a sense of, yeah, yeah, been there, done that, got that. But I feel like what God is doing in this moment in us as a people and in us as a church is he's wanting us to check and relay the foundations of our lives. 
Elizabeth Perry, just before lo- uh, lockdown in 2020, gave us a word about God wanting to re- uh, relay and to check the foundations of the church. And one of the things I've felt as I've been wrestling with this passage is God is saying, I want you to check and to relay the foundations of life in the Holy Spirit, personally and as a church, because we are a spirit-filled people. Our heritage as a movement is a spirit-filled movement. But I wonder whether we've got comfortable. I wonder whether we've kind of, kind of okay, we've done that charismatic, spirit-filled way of living. We're going to move on. No, what we need today is to be filled and filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. And I believe this is a moment to relay some foundations in us today. That's why this is so important. That's why I want to exhort you, don't switch off. Don't just go, I've heard this one before. I want to exhort you this morning and say, we need to recheck some foundations in our lives about what it means to live life in the Spirit, because I believe some of it has been a bit eroded. I wonder if we've settled for a few drops and a few sprinklings of the Holy Spirit, but God wants us to ask for the rivers and the floods and the torrents. I was, I was reading this week in Ezekiel 48, a famous picture of the water flowing from the temple, and it's ankle deep and it's waist deep, and then it's too deep to swim in. And I wonder if we kind of go, oh, we're, we're okay with being ankle deep. But God's like, I want you to be drenched in the Holy Spirit. I want you to be swimming in the river of my spirit. Sam Storms, a a kind of American preacher, says this. uh, It'll come up on the screen, which I found really helpful. Some of us have neglected him, the Holy Spirit. We've assumed that we can get on under our own power. But what we need is for the Spirit to energize our heart, to awaken our slumbering soul, to empower our weak will, to set on fire yet again our affections, to enlighten our minds so that we might again see and savor the beauty of Jesus, to give us boldness and courage so that we might conquer our fears, open our mouths and proclaim the gospel. When we first came to know and trust Jesus, we drank deeply of the Holy Spirit. He was like a refreshing spring of cool water to our parched and dry soul. And now we need a fresh sip. We need to dip our cup into the pool of his presence and power and drink yet again. That, I believe, is the invitation today to a fresh sip of the Spirit. To dip our cup in the pool and the power of his presence and to receive once again the Holy Spirit. I want us to grasp today the magnitude of who it is that lives inside of you, and I want us to grasp afresh our need for life in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, eternally existent, been there from before time, will be there after time, equal with the Father and the Son in this beautiful harmony of relationship, ruling and reigning for all time. The Holy Spirit is not a force, he's a person. And he is co-equal with the Father and with the Son. And if you go through the story of God, you go right the way through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit ministers to certain people for specific tasks and specific moments and in specific places. You think of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting at the end of Exodus, and the glory of God falls upon the tabernacle. You think of the temple when Solomon dedicates the temple in um, one kings or two kings, and the glory of God fills the temple But it's in specific moments, and it's in specific places. 
But Solomon, even when he experienced the most wonderful glory of God falling on the temple, he says, the heavens and the earth cannot contain you, let alone this temple I've built. The Old Testament writers knew that the Holy Spirit could not be confined to a few moments in a few people, but there was something greater to come. There was a greater glory to come. There was a greater sense of the presence of God coming. And all the way through the Old Testament is building up. There's something coming. There's something coming where there's going to be a greater glory and God's Spirit is not going to be on a few people at a few moments in time, but all the time in God's people, everywhere, everyone. That's the expectation that the Old Testament finishes with. A greater glory is coming because the Spirit of God is going to come on all people and then enters Jesus Christ, who is the greater tabernacle, who is the greater temple, who is the greater glory, and he comes and he perfectly fulfills the law. He dies on a cross, he rises again gloriously, and he ascends to be with the Father. But what does he say before he goes? I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm sending you the promised Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the promised Holy Spirit. And then 50 days after Jesus rises from the dead, there is this day that marks the changing point of followers of God for all time. The day of Pentecost comes and the believers are are there in the room worshipping and praying. And the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon them. And that moment marks a change that there is no going back from for God's people all around the world. It's a turning moment. No longer does his presence dwell in a few people or in a specific place like the tabernacle or the temple. It dwells in all his people for all time. Men and women, young and old, rich and poor, every tribe and tongue and nation gathered around the throne, filled with the glory and the presence of God. If you are here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you have and you carry with you the very presence of God. You are a carrier of the presence of of God. The Old Testament writers would have longed to have lived in this day because they looked forward to this day. Something great is coming. We, right now, post-Pentecost, are the fulfillment of the promises of God's Spirit coming on all of his followers. Do you know that? Do you really know that? Do I really know that? Do I really delight in the fact that I carry the presence of God with me wherever I go at all times? Is that a lived reality for me? I'm not sure that it is. Is that a reality for you? And I want to invite us today to grasp this afresh, that you follower of Jesus, carry the presence of God with you. He dwells in you. That's enormous. What a privilege. Can we grasp the enormity that the God of the universe would say, I'll come and make, I'll come and tabernacle 
in you. Wow. That is what it means when you're a follower of Jesus. You have the Spirit of God with you and in you. And I believe that God wants us to grasp that reality afresh today. And I believe he also wants us to grasp our desperate need for the Holy Spirit. Our desperate need to be filled and filled and constantly filled. You see, to be a follower of Jesus means seeking to become like Jesus. Seek to do what he did. Seek to orientate your whole purpose and your whole life around the person of Jesus Christ, to become more and more like him, and to do, do the same things he did. So we, when we pick up our Bibles and we read about Jesus, we're, we're not to go, oh, we're supposed to go, that's who I'm supposed to become like. And I see the works that he did, and that's what I'm supposed to do as well. And when we read about Jesus, he lived in intimacy with the Father. He lived that true peace. He loved people that no one else in society loved. He loved people that rejected him. He forgave his enemies. He knew joy in suffering. He modeled justice for the poor. He boldly proclaimed the good news about himself. He lived in community with other people. And he resisted sin and temptation. And the invitation to be a follower of Jesus is to live like that. Is to take the pattern of Jesus and to say, that's what I'm basing my life on, but not on our own strength, but with the power of the Holy Spirit enabling us, abiding in Jesus, being constantly filled with the presence of God, being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, living in community, a life of thanksgiving, of worship, of compassion, of holiness, of boldness, they are the product of a life filled with the Holy Spirit. They're the outworking of a life when we are filled with who God is and with his goodness and his majesty and his presence and his spirit. When we're full of those things, fruit that is in keeping with those things and we keep it with the life of Jesus is what emerges, is what is born out of our lives. You want to know how to bear the kind of fruit that Jesus lived? Abide with him, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried, and I'm guessing most people here in this room get fearful or anxious at certain times of life about certain things. Have you ever tried to really bear the fruit of peace in your own strength? Have you ever really tried to go, right, that is it. Tomorrow morning, I am going to wake up and I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I'm not going to be anxious about tomorrow. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to live up true peace. Have you ever tried that? It doesn't go that well, right? It doesn't work that well because fruit is the is the peace sorry is the fruit of the holy spirit peace is the fruit of being filled with god himself you cannot do it in your own strength when you walk with jesus when you abide in him when you're full of the holy spirit the kind of peace that jesus lived with and the kind of peace that he offers is actually possible because it's the outworking of abiding in him and being filled with him. Now, it's really important to say this. We are not passive passengers on a journey. This is not how it works, okay? Right, I'm going to go to bed tonight. Lord, would you please rid me of anger, pride, fear, lust, any other sin? Wake up tomorrow. Bam. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
whoa, yes, I'm free from all those things. That, that really is not how it works. We all know that. The Holy Spirit is not just some, you know, agent just takes away anything. That's not how it works. We partner with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are partners with the Holy Spirit together. We work, we put in effort. The Holy Spirit is the one that causes a change of our hearts. As John Mark Comer puts it, without him, we can't. Without us, he won't. It's a joint effort. Holy Spirit living isn't kind of just relaxing and just kind of stepping back and saying, God, you do everything. Holy Spirit living is empowered by him, but with, flesh, with our effort as well, gr- under the grace of God. I was thinking about this. You know when you go to an airport and you stand on one of those cool travelators, you just stand there and it just magically takes you along and you get to the end of your destination, you haven't got to put in any effort. That is not life with God. That is not life with God. I suddenly go, right, today I'm going to stand on the travelator, end of the day, peace has come, fantastic, thank you, Holy Spirit. That isn't how it works. We put in rhythms and habits and practices, and we follow the way of Jesus, but we do so empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. We partner with God, and we invite the Holy Spirit to come each day, and we put in place the rhythms of abiding with him, and we watch as slowly we are transformed from one degree of glory to another to become more and more like the person of Jesus Christ. But the reality is this, without constant filling of the Spirit, we'll never bear the kind of fruit that Jesus invites us to bear. We'll never live the kind of life that Jesus calls us to live. And this is not a one-time, received, done and dusted reality. The call is... Every day, be constantly filled with the power and the presence of God. If you think about the early church, they got this amazing Pentecost moment, Peter and the apostles, and then 3,000 get saved, which is kind of wildly beyond any of our experiences. Am I fair to say in that? I've never seen that many people saved in one day, or in fact, even across my whole life. Filled with the Spirit, the power of God comes, you can just chill out, sit back. We've got the spirit now, guys. We're done. What happens? What's the repeating pattern of Acts? They get filled with the spirit over and over and over and over again. Peter, two chapters later, before the Jewish council, it says this, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. At the end of chapter 4, when the disciples were praying, it says this, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Peter and the early church knew that life in the Spirit was not a one-time deal, but an ongoing reality, day by day by day, to be conformed into the image of Jesus and to do the works that he did. And if it's good enough for the early church, it's sure good enough for me. If it's good enough for Peter and the apostles who saw the amazing things of the kingdom of heaven breaking out, that is a pattern and a model that I believe we're called to follow. And that is what I believe the Apostle Paul is referring to here. He's sort of seeing the example of the early church. He's seeing how Jesus lived full of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, that believer is how you're called to live, filled with me day by day by day, that you would become like me and do the kind of things that I did. Do you know, it's not okay as a follower of Jesus to go, yeah, yeah, I remember being filled with the Spirit a few years back. A wonderful experience. Amazing. That's not, that's not what God calls us to. It's not okay to say, and forgive me if you weren't born in the 1990s, which I had this moment of the day with a bunch of young adults in the church, and I went, Toronto blessing. And they all went, what? 
no idea. I was like, okay, I realize I'm getting a lot older than you guys. Some of you weren't even born in the 1990s. Some of you won't even know what I'm talking about. Do you remember the spirit coming in the 90s? What a wonderful privilege that was. No, the Bible says, be constantly filled today with the Holy Spirit. The same power that has been at work in the church for 2,000 years is on offer today for you and I. The same power, his same presence is available today. The same God who filled his disciples on the day of Pentecost and they shaped and rechanged the world is available to you today. If you want to go back to the Toronto Blessing, the same God that was present at the Toronto Blessing and filling God's people with his spirit is available today in 2022. It's not that he has to do the same things, it's the same God, same power, same presence, same need to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. What we need is to be filled day by day with the Holy Spirit. Not because we're like a leaky sieve, okay? Don't have this image of I'm somehow just oozing Holy Spirit out all over the place as I walk. This is not the image of the Bible. The Bible is more like this. Every day I wake up and I put up the sail of my life and I say, Holy Spirit, would you breathe on me? Would you breathe on me? I put up the wind, of, I put up the sail and I invite the Holy Spirit to come. And say, breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Help me to become more like you. Help me to do the works of your kingdom today. Please don't have an image of us walking around like sieves. That is not the image of the Bible. It's like the breath of God coming and breathing upon us. Afresh, day after day after day. And so I simply want to invite us today to grasp hold afresh of the enormity of what it means to have God himself living and dwelling inside of us. And I want us to grasp afresh our desperate need to be filled day by day by day with his power and his presence. Don't try and walk this Christian life alone. You have with you God. He wants to fill you each day to partner with you to become more and more like Jesus, to do the things that he did. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a gift. You don't earn the Holy Spirit. You simply ask in faith. John 7 says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come, and rivers of living water will flow. This is a free gift of God that we receive by asking him in faith. Nothing more complicated than that. Jesus, I was reflecting on these words, Jesus in John 20, he's with his followers. He's risen from the dead. He's not, not long till he goes to be with the Father and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Spirit. And very simply, I want to invite us to respond to that today. You're okay to come up in a moment. To respond to that today. There's a simple invitation of God today to receive afresh the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to respond. I want to encourage you to be here this evening as we worship God together at 7.30. Do everything you can to be here. We're going to spend some time just unhurried in the presence of God, worshiping him, encountering him, meeting with him. They carry on. Being filled once again with the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, use this 40 days to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so very simply, I just want to invite you, if you'd like today to receive afresh the Holy Spirit, 
just to stand if you're able to. Or hold your hands out or kneel or whatever it might be. Because I believe that God wants to meet with us today in power. There's no magical words. There's no mystical formula. We simply receive the gift of God.